0: Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, February fifteenth, twenty eighteen. How are you? How you doing out there? Uh, I'm back. I got to talk a little basketball. So I'm clearly uh, I'm coming off the high of uh, of the of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Last time I posted a podcast was me and Shaka celebrating the uh, the uh, the culmination of the Eagles uh, hoisting that Lombardi Trophy last Tuesday. Uh, my plan was to come back a little bit uh, more frequently with some Sixers updates, but i got to be honest, life got in the way. I was trying to buy a house. Um, I just found out yesterday that my house purchase, after a very long option period, fell through because the appraisal came in low, and I wasn't able to afford the offer that we gave, and we had to back out of the deal. Uh, it was pretty emotional for me and my wife, and it's uh, it just sort of took up a lot of our focus um, but, uh, I'm back, uh, you know, that's essentially off the table now, but let's talk about some Sixers because the Sixers are on a five game winning streak going into the all-star break. And I wanted to reflect on some of the things I've seen, uh, some things to be excited about. And, um, I mean, listen, this is, I think they're a playoff team and I think they're going to make some noise and I really feel like they're getting better. So let's talk a little bit about this five game winning streak. So, um, Embiid plays a back-to-back. And the second of the back to back is they go to Indiana to play the Pacers, uh, Saturday, February third, the night for uh, night before the Super Bowl, and they lose that game. Uh, but you know, again, it was it was exciting to see Embiid play these back to backs and show everybody that he's got the capability to actually you know be upright and play a few games back to backs, and you know, because there's this big doubt about you know how much can he really play. So they lose that game, uh, which you know most of the games when Embiid hasn't played, they tend to lose. Um, you know, and and it's a real interesting litmus test to then see, you know, what Ben Simmons does without Embiid and how the rest of the team functions without him on the floor because let's be real. The Sixers are so dependent upon Embiid's offense and his defense. And I mean, the guy is miraculous with what he can do on the floor, but they rise and fall with him. So let's jump into this, this five game winning streak after they dropped that game to the Pacers. And, and these are all home games. They have a five-game homestand going into the All-Star break. They play the Wizards. And it was a pretty close game, competitive game. Um, John Wall didn't play, which I, you know, I think is indicative of something. But this Wizards team is not bad. And Bradley Beal is a tenacious player. And it was really impressive to see the Sixers come out and push him around. And something else which you've really seen the Sixers get into um, has been they jump out to early leads. I mean, the ball movements and the shooting for this team is pretty exciting, especially when you have Embiid on the floor. Embiid punishes teams down low, and he can step out and shoot that three. So his offense really allows for guys like Reddick to thrive, really allows for guys like Covington to thrive. I mean, he kind of makes everything go and then you see Ben Simmons putting up triple doubles. I mean, Ben Simmons is really for a guy who cannot shoot, it is pretty amazing how much he facilitates on the floor. So, it was a close game with that Wizards team, but they ended up coming out with the win. Then that you want to talk about Embiid playing back-to-backs. Then they go into a two back-to-backs where they're playing the Pelicans on a Friday night and then they play the LA Clippers the very next night. And I think everyone can agree, these are two Western Conference teams. You know They're going through transitions. The Clippers now don't have Blake Griffin, so they're a bit of a different team. The Pelicans were pretty dangerous before Boogie Cousins went down. And and that's not to say Anthony Davis is not an absolute monster, but the team is a little different without Cousins on the floor. But they're both teams that are trying to really fight for a playoff spot in the Western Conference, and they are... Difficult teams. These are not pushovers. these It's not like you're playing the Hawks or the Magic. Um, and so it was very exciting to see them go up against a team like the Pelicans and again, be able to control the game, be able to shut down Anthony Davis as much as they could. I mean, it was a, quite a grudge match between Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, and the Sixers came out on top again. And then you see, and just as I started this conversation, Embiid not playing back-to-backs. Then he plays the very next night. He plays another back-to-back. I think it's the third one he's done this season against the Clippers. And the Sixers manhandle the Clippers. I mean, really, really took it to him. DeAndre Jordan, I think, tried to do what he could. Another game where Embiid was kind of pushing around the big offensive or the big center on the other team. And, you know, the Clippers, I think, have been trying to find their way since Griffin's been traded. You know, I don't know if Avery Bradley, listen, I don't think he's a bad fit, but I'm I'm just saying right now it's early and I don't know if he knows where he fits with that team. Um, And then you think about guys like Lou Williams and, you know, the Sixers, I got to give them credit. This is a team that they still have an issue turning the ball over. That is, that's something they're working on. I think their turnovers have gone down, but they still have an issue with turnovers. But defensively, the Sixers have really amped it up. And this is a very different conversation from the beginning of the season where I thought it was very exciting to see Simmons and Embiid play, but the first couple of games of the season, their their defense was nowhere to be found. I mean, zero defense for this Sixers team, which is another reason why they really have a penchant for blowing leads late. Um, However, you saw the defense kick in a little bit against that Pelicans team and against that Clippers team where the Sixers got out to their typical early lead, which they've really... You know, as I said earlier, th- they have a way of doing that. They have a way of jumping out to these early leads. They have a way of, you know, kind of getting the, uh, all of their guys involved. And some a name I have not mentioned yet is Saric. Saric has really been stepping up. I mean, three-point shooting, when you're sitting there looking at all the guys who should be taking open shots when the defense is, uh, is trying to focus on Joel Embiid, and you think about the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot. You really start to lean on guys like Redick, guys like Covington, and Saric is fitting in perfectly to that role. He has got that three-point shot. I think the other night he had 20 points and he was four or five from beyond the arc. I mean, he is a real presence. And then you think about the fact that he's a defensive presence as well. I mean, he crashes the boards. He hustles. I, I mean, Saric is kind of like one of the really unsung heroes about this exciting Sixers team. And he's the other guy that I think really allows them to kind of jump out to these early leads because he's another scoring presence that is really, really, you know, making a, making a statement. Um, so that brings me to another unsung hero on the Sixers team because after they beat the Wizards, the Pelicans, the Clippers, then they really beat the living shit out of the New York Knicks. Um, And again, you know, well, actually the Knicks, I think they jumped out to an early lead. I don't think the Knicks ever had a chance at coming back with the Sixers. I think the Sixers were dominating by 20 points the whole time. But what I really want to highlight about that game was it showed off TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell had a triple-double against the New York Knicks. And, you know, again, I know it's against the New York Knicks, but... T.J. McConnell is another one of these gigantic unsung heroes for this team because he has truly evolved into a real-time floor general. He is like, I don't want to say he's a watered-down version of Matthew Dellavedova. he's kind of like a Dellavedova, this sort of, you know, wily, energetic, floor general point guard who's not looking for his shot but will take it if it's there, who's not looking for the rebound but will get it if he's in the right place, I mean he's the, he's one of the guys that makes this engine go. When you see Ben Simmons out on the floor, looking a little lost from a point guard perspective, TJ McConnell is the guy who's able to sort of pick up the pieces where he misses things. You know, like there are times when I see Jared Bayless and TJ McConnell out there in the backcourt and Bayless is the two guard and McConnell's the point guard. Now, when Simmons is out there, you can't really do that because you can't have McConnell. McConnell ends up being the, the two guard because Simmons can't shoot. And what you find is that usually Brett Brown will go to McConnell and sometimes have McConnell run the point because, I've and I've said this on prior podcasts, McConnell is better at running the point right now than Ben Simmons. And McConnell's been with the team for a while. And I'm going to say this, I've said it before, my dad, Dr. Mark Rosenberg, two, three years ago was calling TJ McConnell the D-League player. I know it's the G-League now, but it, it was the D-League player. He's like, ah, who is this guy? He's some D-League player. They're just bringing up whoever the hell they can to throw on the court and just lose games. Well, one of the few positives that came out of all the losing from the last couple of years and the process from Sam Hinkie was that they did find a couple of gems who they wanted to hang on to. And two of the gems I'm going to really focus on is Covington and TJ McConnell. Guys like Stauskas are gone. You know, Okafor would never really fit. But I mean, some of these random other guys who they brought in have really turned out to be really great role players on this team. And I don't know if anybody exudes that more than McConnell. And he really shined against that Knicks team. And listen, the Knicks were the same story again, Um, in this five-game winning streak, I think the Knicks are probably the most forgettable team of all of them. I mean, this is a terrible team. Traded away most of their players at this point. They're trying to tank, although there's about seven or eight other teams that are all trying to tank as well. I mean, the Knicks are an absolute fucking dumpster fire. So, yeah, it's great he got a you know, it's not like he got a, a triple double against the Warriors, but I mean, he still played a fantastic game, and you came out really looking at yeah, you know, Saric and Embiid and and Simmons did everything that they wanted to do, but McConnell again, made that engine go, and I also think Bayless didn't play in that game, and that's really something that's also kind of coming out, is you're seeing a little less of Bayless, you're seeing a little bit more of Simmons and McConnell, um, and also, uh, to focus on other players on the team, you saw a little bit more Justin Anderson, since Justin Anderson has come back from injury, and sadly, he's he got injured again, he rolled his ankle uh, the other night, really bad. Rolled his ankle, just not pretty. If you watch the replay, it's not a pretty one to see, but they're saying he's going to miss about a week or two and he should be back, but um, didn't break anything. X-rays were negative, but he came back on the floor and he brings energy. He and Trevor Booker are the physicality guys. They're muscular. They they really play hard on defense. They fight for rebounds. Justin Anderson's got a three-point shot, which can be dangerous at times as well. Like, I really see a handful of their minutes you know, like they're the ones who are taking minutes away from like Lawawoo Cabarro. Lawawoo Cabareau is really more of like a matchup guy. That's a guy who they're gonna put out there when they need more speed and they need more shooting. If they need to get more physical, that's when you're gonna see guy, you're gonna see Amir Johnson on the floor. You're gonna see uh Trevor Booker on the floor. And those guys, I think Trevor Booker gets a fair amount of minutes, and I think he adds a tenacity to this team that they need. Uh, Now, going into the fifth game of the winning streak, this is the most impressive win. This was from last night. They beat the Miami Heat by two points. And the thing to really highlight about this game, which I thought was exciting, is the fact that unlike what the Sixers usually do, where they jump out to a 20-point lead, they looked like dog shit. Now, they looked like dog shit in the first half. The Miami Heat jumped out to a 20-point lead. And I also have to mention, Joel Embiid didn't play. This was a game without Embiid. So typically when Embiid is sitting... The Sixers are kind of half of, they're half of who they are. You know, they have the excitement of Ben Simmons. He usually puts up the numbers, but the defense and, you know, the the openings for the offense that happen when Embiid's on the floor, all of that goes out the window and the Sixers become much less of it. They become a non-playoff team when Embiid's not playing. So it was really exciting to see Embiid not play. The Sixers go down by 20 points. It's the same story where they kind of can't figure out their identity with Embiid not in the game. But then Brett Brown must have said something at halftime. I'm not fully sure what happened, but they came out in the second half as a team possessed. The defense got ramped up. Ben Simmons started taking – I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ben Simmons really started to facilitate. I think he actually had a jump shot that he took in the game that went in uh Sarich was amazing in this game and they really just exploded and shut down this Miami Heat team came all the way back from being down by 20 points and then ended up you know going ahead off a JJ Redick three-pointer and then there were some crucial possessions at the end of the game where they clamped down on the defense were able to really shut down the Heat and at the end of the game Dwayne Wade had to take a contested three-pointer to try to win it and he missed the shot the Sixers win so The things that really stuck out about this win is Embiid didn't play. The Sixers were the ones coming back from a deficit. And it was big defensive plays during the game that brought them back and a gigantic defensive stop at the end of the game, which was the decision maker for winning this game. And that put them on a five-game win streak going into the All-Star break again and against another competitive team. Because I just said the, the worst team in this five-game win streak was the Knicks. The other teams were the Wizards, a playoff team in the East, the Miami Heat, a playoff team in the East. Uh, The Pelicans, probably a playoff team in the West, and the Clippers fighting for a playoff team, uh, fighting for a playoff spot in the West. So you've got teams that are not schlocky. You've got teams that actually are going to be competitive, that have got some real players on here, that make it challenging for a Sixers team that doesn't have Embiid on the court. Or really, if they do have Embiid, it's going to give them a run for their money. And this Sixers team stepped up. And the thing I also want to highlight now is Marco Bellinelli the newest addition to the Sixers. He was a buyout on the Atlanta Hawks this year. The Hawks are absolute dog shit. And, you know, there was a discussion as to who Marco Bellinelli was going to sign with. He looked at a lot of franchises. He chose to sign with the Sixers because he feels that good about this team. And Bellinelli was a big part of the win against the Miami Heat last night. He came off the bench. I think he scored 17 points. He had a handful of three-pointers like this is another veteran sharpshooter who comes in here and is another kind of key piece and cog to a team that's trying to make some noise in the playoffs. This is, you don't get JJ Reddick and Trevor Booker and Marco Bellinelli if you're not serious about what the hell you guys are doing. If they're tanking, if they want to just, you know, shut everybody down and try to get another draft pick, they wouldn't be making moves for these players. And,. You're seeing instant results. Bellinelli came in and had 17 points. You're seeing Trevor Booker push people around. And, you know, they finally moved on from Julia Locafor. You know, I think it's sad that uh, Justin Anderson got hurt again, but I really like how he's played. I really love TJ McConnell. I think he's going to do fantastic things for them as they go into this playoff run. Uh, I mean, the guys, I'm trying to think of the guys on the team who, I'm sort of getting a little, like, I'm kind of like, eh, what am I really seeing with them? Like, Rashawn Holmes played big minutes last night. I kind of wish he would get more minutes. I kind of wish at times he would get more, he would get some of Amir Johnson's minutes. Um, But, you know, again, Amir Johnson, a big reason he's out there is he's a physical presence. And, uh, you know, you don't always get that from um, from Rashawn Holmes. Uh, same thing with Lawawu Cabareau. You know, I mean, I think he could really do some, he can contribute on this team, but he's not the same lockdown defender that you get from an Anderson or a Trevor Booker. Um, and sometimes the matchups just make it so, you know, he kind of gets game planned off the court. You know, we don't need speed tonight. He's not going to be on the court. Um, And those are sort of the things I see with this Sixers team. Uh, But I'm really, really excited. Five-game win streak. I think they're at 30 and 25 right now. You know, when Blake Griffin got traded to the Pistons, they were the only team that was behind the Sixers and out of the playoffs. And they went on a five-game winning streak themselves after Blake showed up. And I was a little scared that the Pistons might overcome the Sixers and and fight their way into the playoffs. But you know, now the Pistons have lost a couple of games. Um, Miami's lost a few games. Uh, Milwaukee's lost a few games. Now the Sixers are starting to crawl into a six and seven seed. And listen, it's a long season. There's definitely plenty more games to go on after this All-Star break, and there's going to be a lot more storylines that are going to come out. But this is something to look at, because this team is really starting to find themselves. And, you know, I don't want to go into the drama of Mark Fultz. I get it. It's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that this guy has got a gigantic mental block, I feel terrible for him. And I feel terrible for how the Sixers have handled this. I mean, why the hell did you... Send Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid into the nether, into generate into where that wherever the hell they went. I mean, Joel Embiid was in friggin' Qatar for a year and a half doing special, you know, medical training and shit like that. But yet, Markel Fultz is being dragged throughout the press. I mean, just hide the guy, shut him down for the season, and stop talking about him, and just say he's making progress. I just, you know. I really have I love the Sixers so much but I'm really skeptical about how their front office handles PR because I think Sam Hinkie did a terrible job of handling the PR oh, listen I love the moves that he did I think they were ballsy but they're working out but he handled the media terribly and now Brian Colangelo isn't doing that better a job and it's kind of disappointing because I kind of think Brian Colangelo is going to be out in a couple of years I don't think he's a long term GM who's really in it for the team this guy feels like a hired gun who makes some bad moves occasionally but you know he just kind of has the name and he moves forward. So I'm not impressed with him. I don't like how they've been doing this. And I think that uh the 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 uh the medical staff is not to be, you know, trusted. I think that they kind of fucked up here with Markel Fultz. I think they made some bad decisions. Um I think also you can kind of look back at how they handled Joel Embiid's foot. I mean, his foot was – he was out for a year, and he had to miss a second season because they didn't realize the fact that his foot wasn't healing properly. I, there's just – there's a track record of some skeptical things done by the Sixers medical staff and their front office, and I just think it it just feels like front office and medical staff malpractice sometimes by the Sixers team, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but listen, Mark – let the guy – let him disappear – I don't want to see any more footage from him. I want to see him come back next season and just all of a sudden be like, you know what, he's back in action, everything's cool. Because now he's the hottest topic on ESPN and everything because everyone's like, can you believe it? The guy essentially, you know, doesn't know how to shoot anymore. He forgot how to shoot the basketball. It's like, you know what, he's 19 years old. Give the kid a break. I have a feeling he's going to figure this shit out and we're all going to look back in 5, 10 years and be like, wow, remember when that happened? What a crazy storyline. I just... I have faith that everything will be fine. And you know what? Right now, why the fuck do you want him on the floor? Do you want to try to figure out a way to have him integrate into this team? Do you want to try to figure out how to have him fit on this Sixers team? No. They've already kind of figured out their identity. They, you know, everyone sort of knows their role right now. And they're they're winning. They, I mean, they've got a recipe that's working. It might not be you know, the same recipe that the Warriors have and and the Houston Rockets where they're just killing everybody in the league, but they've got something that is cohesive. They've got some camaraderie, and, and it also looks like Markel's getting along. People like him. I mean, I believe he and Embiid are cool. I believe he's developed friends on the team. Like, it's not like you know, he's being ostracized and he's not there. He's definitely getting the growth of being around an NBA team for his rookie year. It just sucks that they're dragging him through the mud with all this shit where he's got this mental block and there's something wrong with his shoulder and he doesn't know how to shoot. I, I, listen, leave him alone. Let him sit back and watch for a season. That seems to be... Like the, the the indoctrination for every you know high lottery pick rookie for the Sixers is they got to sit out a season for some fucking injury, whether it's real or not. Let the guy sit out the season. Let us all give Rookie of the Year to Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell. Let's just do it now. And, you know, sorry, Markel, but the Sixers were stupid enough to play you for the first four games, so technically you can't win Rookie of the Year anymore. But you know what? You're still going to get paid. You're still going to get good money. And come back next year, start afresh, get into this Sixers rotation. They're going to make some more moves in the offseason. They're probably going to move on from Bayless. You know, there will be more minutes to go around for you you'll figure out a location, you'll figure out a spot, and if Ben Simmons still can't shoot the ball next year, then you know what, it'll be all the more opportunity for you to shoot as many times as you want, if you want to shoot a shot from five feet away in the paint, whatever, if it goes in, we'll be fine, because you know what, Ben Simmons has been shooting shots from the paint all fucking season, and we don't really seem to be too concerned about it, whew, okay, um, yeah, Thanks a lot for listening. I uh, I hadn't been on the mic in a bit, and I really wanted to get on here and talk about the Sixers. I'm just very excited at what I've seen. Uh, I'm excited at uh you know coming into this All-Star break, um, and I'm excited to, to see how this season shakes out, especially with some of the other uh, storylines that are coming out. The Utah Jazz are one of the hottest teams in the league. The Warriors look a little tired right now. They've lost a couple of games that don't make sense. The Celtics are kind of coming back down to earth. I mean, they've been losing to mortal teams the the Toronto Raptors are actually looking really dangerous the Cavaliers traded their whole fucking team and somehow they actually look like they could conceivably be a dangerous team in the playoffs because before i mean they looked like an absolute train wreck with Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas it was just awful off they were and they weren't fun to watch and it was bad juju left and right so at least now this Cavaliers team you know looks like they could be dangerous i i want to see how the rest of the season plays out I know they've won a couple of games and everyone everyone's feeling happy but I can't I'm not buying into it yet all right there's too much drama that's going to happen all it takes is a a three game losing streak and LeBron starts yelling at all of his new teammates and you know before you know it they're they're way, they're back to square one but uh should be good and and uh listen enjoy this weekend enjoy All-Star weekend I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun and uh Interesting to see that, you know, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever seen or can remember an All-Star weekend that had this many All-Stars get injured going into the All-Star game. I mean, Porzingis and and Cousins and Kevin Love, I mean, it just it goes on and on and unbelievable. But uh should be a lot of fun. I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Jones. Email me with any questions you might have at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Uh, in the meantime, go Sixers, go Eagles, and uh, I'll be back next week um, once we get out of the All-Star break to start talking more Sixers and uh, tell you what I think. All right, talk to you soon. Enjoy the basketball games, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.